God for our good. So we thank you for being a good, good father. We thank you for being Abba Father. We thank you for being Daddy God. We just thank you, God, for being who you are, God. We thank you, God, for being our healer. We thank you for being our deliverer. We thank you for being our restorer. God, we just thank you for being our righteousness. We thank you on tonight, Father. We thank you, God, for giving us eyes to see and ears to hear. We thank you for our helper and our teacher, which is the Holy Spirit. We thank you, Father God, that we have been crucified with Christ, and it's no longer us who live, but it's Christ who lives in us. And as we go into the word of God on tonight, we thank you that that word is alive, is living, is powerful, is sharper than any two-edged sword. It's like a hammer that breaks the rocks into pieces, and it is like a fire that devours everything around us, because the word of God brings life, and we receive that word so we can live. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. We just have a few more people that's going to do a skit or going to talk about what we have went over so far. So we're going to have them to come up quickly, and then we're going to move forward. Hallelujah. What I'm going to talk about today is frustration. God gave me this over a couple of weeks ago. He put it in my spirit to do this. But things came up and I haven't been here. But what stood out with frustration with me is what frustration leads to. Anxiety, depression, and anger. Oh, mom, mom. Hi, my name is Valerie Green. I was calling to see if I could get an appointment with Dr. George. I'm sorry, but Dr. George, he left early today. Okay, thank you. He left early. My arm hurting and he getting off of work early. Oh, God, my arm is hurting. My arm is hurting. Oh, give me a naproxen. I got any naproxen. Tylenol. My lots of cam. Taking them. Taking the pills. Popping the pills. Everything I'm taking. My arm is hurting and this medicine is not working. And they're talking about he won't be in. He got, he left early. Okay. Day, day, day. Hi, this is Valerie Green. Um, I was calling to see if um, Dr. George has an uh, available appointment. I need an early appointment. Um, I'm sorry, but um, Dr. George is out this week. Okay, thank you. Oh my God! My arm hurt. Dr. George out. He's somewhere in Mexico, and my arm hurt. Oh, oh my arm hurt. The proxim, my lots of care. I'm Tylenol, taking them. Nancy ain't doing nothing. Aspirin, whatever. It ain't doing nothing. Zai. Come here, Zai. Come here. My arm is hurt. I can't put my deodorant up under my arm. <laughs> Y'all laughing, but it's for real. What am I going to do? Just what am I going to do? I'm 53. My arm, I can't even get my arm up to put my deodorant under my arm. Everything I'm saying is what I'm saying to myself out loud. What am I going to do? Oh, God. Pull his eyes. You're going to have to take care of me. Can't get my arms up. You're going to have to help me get dressed. Something just got to kill. My arm is hurt. So this is where it changed. I 
I came to Bible study that Tuesday. And I came right here to Pastor and I said, Pastor Mom is so much pain. My arm is hurting. I can't sleep. Anxiety, depression, anger. She said, Oh no, oh no. The devil is alive. That's not what God said. God's word and live. Pastor prayed on my arm. She prayed over me, and I tell you, I went home and I went to sleep for the first time in weeks. My arm was hurting so bad. The reason why my arm was hurting is because Man diagnosed me with rheumatoid arthritis. And when the pastor spoke the word, the pain instantly went away. And I went to sleep. And I slept and I slept and I just paid attention to his word. That his word, speak his word and live. Because when I was putting all my trust in pills, and the doctor started putting all my trust in God, in his word, I went ahead to go through everything I went through. Speak God's word and live. Amen. Amen. We give God glory. Amen. As I can say, won't he do it? Amen. Won't he do it, Willie? Just like he said he would. Amen. Okay, this is me going out with Apostle um, Pastor Jamie went out to eat. But uh, before I left. And I will sleep. I told my wife that I was going to cook her a steak and bring it to her. So we went to the ate out Apostle Pastor Jane. And time really got away, you know. Uh, <laughs> so what I done, I uh, I told I told her that uh, no, baby, you weren't, you weren't home. You was, was working. working. Yeah, you was working. Night, a day. You was on. Yeah, oh. you was at the shoe store. Yeah. Okay. So that's when I told you I was gonna cook you a steak, you know, it'll be there for you when you got home. But we was uh, we was there in Wallace eating out. And uh, I knew I wouldn't have time to cook the steak, so what I done, I went to Mix there in Wallace. I had them to cook my wife a steak. And I told them, I said, make sure y'all burn it. Burn it real dark. So they, I got the steak, went home. Cured the, uh, by that time, my wife, she was home. So I cured the steak to my wife, so I'm giving you the steak. No, you put it in the microwave. Yeah, guess what I did? I put it in the microwave. They didn't have it dark enough, so I got home, put it in the microwave, and I give it, give it to you. So now you got the steak. You're home with it. Willie bought me the steak in the room. He had put it in another plate, everything, just like he had cooked it. So I looked at the steak. I said, this steak don't look right. And I tried to... I cut it and tried to eat the steak. I said, this steak don't taste right. I said, well, it, this, you didn't do this steak right. I said, I ain't going to eat this mess. I said, I'm not eating it. I'm not eating it because you didn't do it right. So another time. The same week. Same week. My wife. <coughs> my wife, she want, was I think you wanted some uh, was hot wings. No, this was it. The next time we went out to eat with Parcel, Willie never told me that the steak, he got it from Nick's. Parcel told me the next time we ate out that Willie got the steak from Nick's and put it in the microwave to fool me and make like he had cooked it. 
And I said, I knew that steak won't right. I wasn't going to eat that mess. And I said, Willie, how could you do me like that? Now, I did this after we left them. I didn't do it while we were there with them. I said, how could you do that to me? Sit in there and give me that old mess and you knew it won't right. And I told Willie, I said, you get on my nerve. The next time you do that to me, I'm going to. And that was it. But this is what I have to go through with my wife when it comes down to her, her eating. If she get, she want hot wings, I have to go to KFC and make sure the hot wing is cooked extra, extra, extra hard and crispy. So I take her the hot wing, get there, she look at them, look at the hot wing. I don't want them; they ain't hard enough. I don't want this mess. So she'll take them, throw them in the trash. And remind you, I done paid about ten off of the hot wings. She ain't eat them. She'll throw them in the trash. Okay. When I go to the store. When she want, tell when you go. When I go to the store with you to order my food. Oh yeah, definitely. When we go to Bojangles and uh, at the drive-through, I order food for my wife. You tell me to order it because you said you order it for you can get it right. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. Yeah, I tell you to order the food, so you order it. So tell. I drive. Know. I drive up to the uh, drive-through, and I say, I want some chicken. I want. A breast and two legs, and I want you to put it back in the grease and fry it real, 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 real hard. And she say, okay. And I say, I want my fries. I want them freshly cooked. I want them hot coming up out the grease. And the lady will say, okay. And I said, thank you, baby. Then my husband orders his food. Then we gets there to the window, pay for the food, go to the next window. They hand me the food. Willie said, check it to make sure it's right. So I open it up, and I look at it. And I touch it. I said, I ain't eating this mess. This stuff ain't right. I'm not eating it. I told them to get it hard. I wanted it fried hard. I'm not eating it. Now, what you need to do, Willie, is take it right on back up there. So I have to carry the food back up there and tell them <laughs> that the food ain't cooked right. It's not hard enough. So we spend 10 to 15 minutes making sure the food, I'm making sure that uh, they got the food cooked hard and crispy for. Even sometimes we may may go out and possibly Pastor Jane may be with us. Even Pastor Jane know how she want her food cooked. Pastor Jane said, make sure y'all cook it extra, extra hard. And when I go to the store for whatever I bring back to the house, I got to remember to open the box so the food don't get hot and soggy. If it's hot and soggy when I get home, she's not going to eat it. I'm not going to eat this mess. And y'all, my husband be frustrated that's the word, ain't it? Frustrated <laughs> with me. And he be fussing. Now he's not fussing, but he be fussing. And sometimes me and him will get into it just because I want my food a certain way. And we be back and forth arguing with one another. And then we have a problem with this too. My husband. Denise, cut the light off. I said, Willie, you were just up. I ain't cutting no light off. He said, every time I ask you to do something, you just can't never, 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 never do it. And I said, well, you was right there. You should have cut the light off. Cut the light off. We get into arguments about that. See, but Willie don't tell y'all the stuff he be saying. He just wanted to be all on me all the time. But I take them blows. But he don't wants it all the time to be on me. But it's not just me. It's him, too. Yeah, what about the light bridge? When we go to the store, I go to the store, I buy light bread for her. It's got to be natural own bread. It can't be uh, hostlet. Uh, what's another name bread? I now, everybody, don't y'all like y'all bread, a certain type of bread. They just some things you can't get generic. And I tell him that. They some things he just cannot get generic, like bread, peanut butter, sugar, you know, stuff like that, you can't buy the generic. And I tell Willie that, but he don't listen. That's why he have to turn around and go back to the stove. Well, what about when you see me to get soap? The, uh, the soap that's the kind that's in the... Uh, he know I don't I like get, nothing but Dove. Yeah, that's I got, all I like. If I bring any other kind of soap back, if it ain't Dove, I got to take it back to the stove. That cheap stuff is when you buy that cheap stuff, it don't get no bubbles, no lather, no nothing. It's cheap. And I keep trying to tell my husband there's some things you just cannot buy generic. Thank you. So 
this is the little thing that, you know that we go through at home uh but overall you know we work it out <laughs> he be trying to save a dollar and i be telling him when he's trying to buy the generic stuff sometime you're gonna use more than you would if you would just buy the good stuff because something that's cheaper you're gonna be buying more of it but willie can't get that in his head i don't i can't do that frustrate you brother Willie? do it frustrate me yes uh yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, That's ma'am. what we're talking about tonight. Yes, ma'am. Frustration. But if Willie really acted out. How he act. No, how she act. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, 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 her expressions and what she do, you can't do nothing but laugh at both of them and say, y'all need to quit because I warned this man. This man wanted me to tell a story. <laughs> he sat with us eating and sensation. I said, what about your wife? Who I, I took care of the pasta. I said, how, how did you take care of Willie? I got her something from Mix. I said, you did? I said, but she get off at this time, Willie, and what did you do with it? I set it in the microwave. I got her a potato, too. I said, the potato sitting in the microwave, it's going to be there for that long? You think she's going to eat that? He said, I'm going to reheat it. <laughs> I, he said, don't tell her, pasta. Don't tell her. I said, sure as my name is what it is. I'm going to tell what you've done because it wasn't right. It's bad. So it got, that's Willie. And it got thrown in the trash, and he had to go back out and get me something to eat. Sometimes I'll stop to a store where I got a microwave, and I heat it. So she, when I get to the house, she don't hear the microwave. And she don't know it, y'all. And she don't know. She said, man, this is good. <laughs> y'all, we have some good people up in Miracle Temple, don't we? I tell you what, these teachings are helping all of us because all of us have issues in our homes that we share with people and let people know everybody get frustrated. I get so tired of people that are born again that act like they have nothing going on. They act like they done, they up in heaven and ain't coming back down to earth. We all have issues in our homes from the pulpit on out here We have issues, but the problem is people want to play church. They want to be hypocrites and make people think, uh uh, we don't do that in our home. We're more sophisticated than that. You know, we we do what we have to do for the Lord. We don't act out of character now. That's something you don't do. Just quit lying to yourself. You know what you be doing. Everybody know what they be doing. But these teachings is helping us to know what to do when situations come up because sometimes we do get frustrated. We do get tired, but where is this frustration coming from? I believe that even with Sister Niece and Brother Willie, when she go through these drive-thrus, actually they're giving her favor because they don't supposed to drop nothing else no more. So they're giving her some favor by doing what they do. Now, why would Sister Niece be so frustrated because her chicken wasn't dark enough? It ain't coming from the drive-thru. She says coming from Willie. <laughs> it's always a reason why we do what we do. So we need to find out what the root of that is, and we need to quit blaming it on people and other things. And I'm going to give you a scripture tonight that's going to help you to realize that when we talked about frustration it's really dissatisfaction we're dissatisfied it's something in your life that you're dissatisfied with a feeling of dissatisfaction often accompanied by anxiety or depression resulting from unfulfilled needs or unresolved problems so when we get frustrated it's coming from somewhere that frustration did not just happen right then and there so let me give you this scripture and i love this one here I'm going to be talking about anxiety tonight because we really need to hit that because frustration is actually coming through anxiety. You got uh, anxious about something. Anxiety is uneasy, feeling of uncertainty, agitated, dread, or fear. Anxiety is uneasy, feeling of uncertainty, agitation, dread, or fear. Now, this is what David did. 
we all get some anxiety, but it comes through something. David said this in Psalms 139, 23. Listen what David said. God examine, investigate, search me and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. He said, test me. He said, I want you to search me because I got some anxious thoughts in me. I got some thoughts in me that's anxious, that's uneasy. He said, I have these thoughts in me that's bringing uncertainty, agitation. He said, you got to search me and you got to see where this is coming from. So when we get frustrated, our frustration is coming from our agitation. It's coming from feeling uncertain. It's coming from unresolved issues. It's coming from those things that bring us anxiety and worry. So we need to stop and say, Lord, why am I so agitated? God, why am I feeling anxiety? Why am I feeling uneasiness? God, what's going on? It is because it's something in our lives that we have been hanging on to for a while that leads to other things. So David wanted to know. So we have to stop and ask the Lord to search us. Instead of us going off on the, in the drive-thrus, instead of us going off at home, instead of us going off on our jobs, and even in the house of the Lord, going off on people just asking a simple question. You can ask somebody a question in church and say, oh, how was your day? Why you ask me that? Have y'all ever heard that? How was your day? Why you ask me that? They're feeling guilty about something. They done something in that day that wasn't right. And they're thinking somebody done told me what they done. So now they're going to ask me. <laughs> Why are you asking me that? Did somebody say something for you to ask me that? So you know, okay, there's a root to this. You feeling guilty about something. Don't put your guilt on me. Whatever happened in your day ain't got nothing to do with me. It has something to do with you. I'm just asking how your day was. So what's happening is you showing me how it was. It was full of something, but it wasn't full of God. So people come off on you that way. Or maybe they'll ask you, how's your children doing? Why you ask about my child? That child done done something. If they come back with the question. Or my husband, I'll give you an example. I used to, y'all, I got better. When I drove his uh, car, the car that he idolized, and I drove it up under the carport, and I hit the sign right there with him in the car. He got out, and the sign was cracked, and he said, you cracked my sign. I said, what made you think I done it? (laughs) I was already guilty. But I want him to think that you could have cracked it before I hit the wall. Do y'all understand what I'm saying? What made you think I'd done it? I knew I ran into the wall. But see, the devil put some thoughts there and say, let's let's switch this, okay? Let's switch it. Let's make him think he already cracked it. Now he want to give you the... He said, Amanda, you're right. Well, why would you think I cracked it? See, I'm still sticking to the same line. Because I knew I was guilty. So then there's agitation, there's frustration. So from that incident to other incidents, if he asked me something, I say, why you think I did that? Because I ain't cleared the back history. Even though I know I didn't do it, the back stuff that had happened that I did do, now I really didn't do it. Now you asked me if I did it. So my mind is way back here and going to tell you, why are you always asking me? You got kids? I ain't your child. See, I haven't gotten over that yet. So guess what's building up in me? Frustration is there, but anxiety is there too, feeling uneasy, feeling uncertain when it come to me about different things, feeling like you always blaming me. So I'm getting anxiety on it. It's building up on the inside of me. This happens for real, y'all. So if you don't clear these things out, what I should have said is, you know what? I'm so sorry. I should not rolled up in here like I did. 
But see, sometimes pride, because you don't want to come down and humble yourself, you're going to stick to how you think it should play out and not what you think need to be done. So we have to do like David, say, God, search me. Go deep within me. See what's in me. See, tell me these anxious thoughts that I have, Lord, so I can deal with them. You're not going to be able to deal with it if you don't go to the Holy Spirit. Talk to the Holy Spirit. Say, Holy Spirit, show me. Show me what's there. What's the root of this? I shouldn't be getting mad like this all the time over simple stuff. We have people getting too mad over simple stuff. And it's not right. I remember when, when Jeremy used to just get in trouble all the time. He couldn't keep his mouth closed. Every time you turn around, this boy was talking, 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 didn't know how to shut up. And his talking wasn't allowed talk. It was just like easing his way in the conversations like he didn't have to pay attention to the teacher. And I got so agitated with my son that even when he would ask me a question, the agitation was there, the anxiety, the uneasiness, the uncertainty. I was scared to even know what he wanted to ask. Have y'all been like that with your children? You, you, you're scared. You don't know what's going to come out of their mouth. So you sitting there uneasy. You sitting there, oh, Lord, what have you done now? What have you done now? So it built up to the point that even after my son graduated, I'm before the Lord. I looked down and Pender High School was on my caller ID. Y'all, I went into a panic. Oh, Jesus, what has he done now? Lord, have mercy, Jesus, what has that boy done? What has he done? He done done something else. The Lord told me, the Holy Spirit said, he done graduated. Because <laughs> I carried that for so long that every time I saw that name of that school, only thing I could see was my son, and I got so uneasy. I, got, I was so uncertain. I wasn't calm. My body did some flips until the Holy Spirit came in and said, he's graduated. Hello? <laughs> y'all know what I mean. Come on, don't tell me it, it, y'all, don't, y'all ain't been there and done that. We have uneasiness. We have an anxiety when we have a fear. And anxiety comes from fear. Fear is your root. Anxiety is attached to fear. We have a fear of the unknown. When we don't know what's going to happen or we don't know what a doctor is going to say or we don't know what the lawyer is going to say, we don't know what our boss is going to say, we don't know what our children is going to tell us because some things we don't want to hear from our children. I don't know about you. Some things just keep it to yourself. I don't care to hear that. My brother, when we were growing up, he didn't mind telling you his business. He just talked and told everything. So he knew I was um, the hard one. My oldest sister, she worked all the time. So they would get her car and promise her they would wash it. And she would let them drive it. And I said, why you fall for that? They're not going to wash your car. They're just going to drive it and put it back in the yard. So eventually she figured it out. But me, they knew, my brother knew, if you do me wrong, you won't get it again. So I remember I had let him use my car and me and him was dating then. And I said, is that my brother with two girls in my car? I told him don't ride nobody in my car. He saw me. He dropped them off and took off. <laughs> dropped them off in the street. So again, another incident. He wanted to go to the prom. He wanted to use the car. He was going to stay over to our house. I said, you can use my car. But you better be in this yard at so-and-so time. He said, okay, I'll be here. So I got up, y'all, full of frustration, jumped out the bed. He ain't up in here. He won't be using my car. He know better. That's what I'm talking about. My husband said, calm down, man. The boy been in the house way before time. <laughs> Anxiety, all that stuff will do it to you. Next day, he's going to get up and tell us why he was in the house before time. He said, I bought, I, I saved my money. I went and bought a, a hotel room for me and my date. He telling it. I said, I don't want to hear it. But you got to hear this because I'm frustrated. I'm mad. I'm, I'm angry right now. I bought an expensive room. The girl didn't want to go in the room with me. I end up giving my, my room to a, another guy. You think I ain't frustrated? I said, I don't want to hear it. 
See what all this. He was frustrated because he had the night plan and she didn't want to do like he wanted her to do. So see, all of these things lead to anxiety. Feeling unease, feeling uncertain, having a fear, a fear of something, a fear of something you don't know anything about. So we have to ask the Lord, just like David, search me, Lord, and see if there's any anxious thoughts. See if there's any worry in me that I don't know nothing about. Because sometimes we can worry. It can be a silent worry. But it's still there. So we need to ask the Holy Spirit to to show us so we can use the word. Another one that the Lord showed me was 1 Samuel chapter 9. This was um, when Saul, dad, his father sent him to look for the donkeys that got lost. So he sent um, Saul to look for those donkeys that got lost. So what was going on here, the dad was concerned. The father, well, I'm going to say in verse 5, Saul said to his servant, because they had not found the donkey, he said, come let us return, lest my father stop worrying about the donkeys and become concerned about us. So he knew we've been gone too long. So he knew his father would start worrying about them and not be concerned, you know, stop worrying about the donkeys. So on their journey, his uh, servant that was with him, the guy that was with him said, okay, there's a seer, there's a prophet, you know, they call the prophet seers. He said, let's go to him and he'll be able to tell us where the donkeys are. So that was their plan to find Samuel. And of course they did find Samuel, but In between that, y'all, this is what I love that happened. The donkeys were lost, but they knew if they got to the prophet, which had the word, the donkeys would be found. Now, remember, they were looking, so they were getting worried, too, because they couldn't find them, right? So we know in anxiety there is worry. But one thing that they did that we should do, we should go to the Lord. We should go to the Holy Spirit and ask the Holy Spirit to help us. I'm going to give you an example with that. Um, remember I told y'all about the AirPods and I ended up buying more AirPods because the other ones wasn't working properly, but then I found out later what I needed to do. So me and my husband was out riding the golf cart um, one night and I stopped over my son's house. And as I stopped over there, Um, my granddaughter had hugged me. So when I got home, I recognized I'm missing an AirPod. One of them was missing out my ear. So my husband, he was diligently, y'all, trying to find that AirPod for me. I I tell you, my husband's so sweet. We in the dark, riding around in circles, riding around in circles, trying to find it. And finally, I told him, I said, don't worry about it. I said, don't worry about it. I said, what's lost, it's going to be found. I'm not going to worry about it. So he didn't want to give up, y'all. I was in the house preparing for Sunday, but then he said, I'm going to go again. I said, don't go. Don't worry about it. Don't go. I said, it'll be fine. Don't worry about it. It's going to be found. So Sunday after church, I told apostle, we were sitting down eating. I said, apostle, guess what? She said, what? I said, my AirPod is found. She said, you found it? I said, I'm speaking those things that be not as though they were. So when we got home Sunday afternoon, me and my husband was going back out for another ride. And as I was in the yard, I come down the step and and my phone said, AirPod found. I said, okay, it's found. Well, thank you, Lord. Since it's found, where is the AirPod? So I'm walking around in the yard and, and it's telling you it's over here, it's over there. And I said, forget this. So I'm just having a conversation on the phone with the apostle. And I walk back under my garage And I did like this. And I said, Apostle, can you say hallelujah for me? Just say hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. My AirPod was right there. But I never got anxious. Never got worried. Because I spoke. Whatever is lost will be found. So what am I saying? When you get anxious and when you get so worried, you cannot hear the Holy Spirit. You cannot be led by the Holy Spirit. The enemy knows this. The enemy knows that he is the God of this world. And by him being the God of this world, I don't know if y'all have caught on to this scripture. I have read it many times um, in 
Mark chapter 4. Go to Mark chapter 4. Now I want you to hold on to who the devil is. He's the God of what? Of, of this world. So what did he want us to do? He want us to be like he is. He want us to be like the world. Now in the world, what are you going to have? You're going to have frustration. You're going to have worry. You're going to have anxiety. This is what the world brings you, right? The world brings all of these things. But when we look at um, Mark chapter 4, it breaks down what happens when we sow our seed amongst thorns. And this is the one I want to go over. Mark chapter 4, verse um, 18. And these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word, and the cares, the anxiety of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches, and the lust of other things enter in and choke the word, and it become unfruitful. Do you see what the enemy is doing? He's the God of this world. So thorns, you know, when you have thorns in the midst of what you're growing, it wraps around what you're growing. It wraps around that plant. So it makes that plant unproductive. And even when you're trying to pull those thorns away from the plant, what do they do? What do they do, Athea? They stick you, right? So that's what the enemy wants. He wants us to be so wrapped up. With the cares, the anxieties, the worries, the riches, and all these things that the world is doing, that we become unfruitful and we cannot bring forth. God created us to bring forth life. He don't want us to have this life, so what is he going to do? He's going to get you concerned about many things that you should not be concerned about. Why? Because you have a heavenly father who knows what you're in the need of before you ask. You have a heavenly father that know what the day is going to bring before the day come. That's why he say, do not worry. Do not get anxious about tomorrow because tomorrow have troubles of itself. He wants you to be in the day that you're in and he wants you to seek him while he can be found. Our problem is we try to fix it when it's already fixed. And God said we got to quit trying to fix something that he's already fixed. And what we have to do is trust him. How do we get over this anxiety and stuff? Trusting God. Getting back to Saul. Saul and them, they did come in contact with Samuel. They came in contact with Samuel and when they come in contact with Samuel, this is what Samuel said. This is so good. When you come in contact with the word, you're going to have a calmness around you. You're going to have peace around you. And you're going to be able to hear what God is saying. When they came in contact with Samuel, Samuel already heard from the Lord. And God already told him that he needed to anoint Saul to be the next king. So Samuel told Saul, first of all, to calm everything, he said, the donkeys have already been found three days ago. So he calmed all of that and let him know it was, it is well. What does God do for us when we go to our father? See, the enemy don't want to go for us to go to our father with our worries and our concerns and our frustrations. Because what is a father going to do? He's going to calm all your fears. He's going to give you what you need for that situation. He's going to tell you, trust me. He's going to tell you this, peace be still. He's going to tell you, start speaking life over that situation instead of looking for death. I want you to look for life. See, that's why he want us to come to him. So when Saul and them came to um, Samuel, he calmed that thing. He said, those donkeys were found three days ago. So Samuel did everything that he needed to do with um, Saul. He sent him on his way, but in Samuel 10 too, this is what he said. After you leave me today, you will meet two men near Rachel's tomb. And he told him where he would meet them at. He said, they will say to you, the donkeys you were looking for have been found. But your father has stopped thinking about his donkeys and is worried, anxious about you. He's asking, what will I do about my son? Look how Samuel wrapped it all up. Samuel already told him the donkeys was found. And then he, he gave him confirmation through these men. Letting them know, now your father is going to be concerned about you. So look what God does when we come to him. When we lean and depend on him. He tell us, 
Don't be anxious about anything. Don't be careful about anything. But through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Make your request known unto me. Why would I make it known unto him? Because I know my father loves me. I know my father's concerned about me. I know my father don't want me to carry what I'm carrying. But God, I need to know where did this begin? Where did this start, God? Why am I so anxious about everything? Why I get so frustrated about everything? God, what's going on with me? This is not right. We got to quit blaming things that happen in our lives on we're still this way. No. We shouldn't allow things to dictate to us who we are. We allow the God of this world to dictate to, to us. You full of anxiety. We allow him to keep bringing things at us that we don't have to take. Like Miss Deborah. They was calling her, what? Deborah. What's your other name? Mama Deb. What else? Miss Deb. How many names you got? Miss Deborah. And then she come into church. I say, Sister Deborah. Miss Deborah. And probably ringing all in her ear. I wish she would just hush. Because she already frustrated. So what am I saying? We have to cast all our cares upon him. Because we know he's concerned about us. So the next time you find yourself getting frustrated or getting anxious or getting overwhelmed, you have to stop and say, wait a minute. Why am I so overwhelmed? Why is this thing getting to me like this? When I have a father who loves me. When I have a father who's concerned about me. So that's when we have to stop. We have to take a breath and say, Holy Spirit, help me. Show me how to deal with this. You already know this was coming, God, before it was coming. I shouldn't have snapped at my husband like that. I shouldn't even looked at him like I looked at him. My husband don't have to tell me how I look sometimes. I see my own self. Everybody know when they got frown lines, don't you? Everybody know when you're so, yeah. Everybody know when you're breathing is off. What you want? Didn't I just answer that? Why you just can't get it? I don't understand. Child, now you're calling me stupid, Amanda. You call, I ain't calling you stupid. You call yourself stupid. Don't we do this? Because we're frustrated. And we allow people to see our frustration. Now, when you see me in this sound room and I'm doing something, why are you talking to me? You see I'm doing something, right, Athea? So why are you talking to me? Ain't nobody got time for all that monkey business. And I'm tired of all your foolishness. So everybody is coming at everybody because we got somebody that's frustrated. So then the whole church begin to be frustrated. Except it be one or two in the bunch that say, what is going on up in here? It didn't touch that bunch, the two people. But the whole church is in an uproar. And then Athea say, I'm just a skit. I just don't like you. Maybe I should have told you a long time ago, I just don't like you. Then the next day, I'm so sorry, you know I like you. No, you don't. You said what you meant, and you meant what you said. You don't like me. Now just move on about your business. It happens, y'all. And we have to get a hold of what's happening around us. We have to deal with it. We represent, represent the kingdom of God, not the kingdom of this world. The kingdom of the world, that's what that kingdom does. But when we say, forgive me, and we say, I'm sorry, people don't supposed to see the same thing a week later. And we can't keep on using, God is dealing with me. Cut it. Cut it. Because if God is dealing with you, you shouldn't be acting like this. Come on now. Come on, let's be real. If God is dealing with me, I shouldn't be coming at Manny the same way I was coming at him last week. I shouldn't look at, oh, forgive me, Manny. God is still dealing with me. And Manny's going to look at me and say, well, if he's dealing with you, you should come out like pure gold. <laughs> oh, you're trying to be funny now, huh? He's still dealing with me. I bet he's dealing with you too. We need to quit using all these excuses. And we need to dig deeper in the word of God and say, Lord, help me just like David said, 
help me. Listen at this one right here in Psalms 94, 19, what it says. I was very worried. I'm reading out the Amplified. In my many disquieting thoughts in my insides, but you comforted me and made me happy, cheered me up. Look at that. I was very worried in my many disquieting thoughts. That's where worry and anxiety come from in your thoughts with how you think. But look at what happened. This was on the inside. He said, but you comforted me and made me happy, cheered me up. Where are you going to find comfort in? In God. You're going to find it in his word. So he's saying, I was very worried. Very worried in my many disquieting thoughts. We can have many thoughts, y'all. Have you ever had thought after thought after thought until you had you a movie going on in your head? Come on, y'all. Let's be real. All these thoughts build a movie. You already played it out and that ain't what's happening. But those are those disquieting thoughts that's on the inside of you. But when you call on your help of the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, help me. I know this is not God. And all of a sudden, you're cheered up. You're made happy. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is giving you the word. He's giving you the word of life. So you will have some thoughts that come at you, but that don't mean you take them thoughts. When thoughts are coming that don't line up with the word, you're supposed to cast them down. If not, that's what brings a lot of worry. And if you let them pile up and pile up, they're building a fortress in your mind. And as they build a fortress in your mind, you're beginning to see the way the world is seeing and not the way God wants you to see. Do you know you can see someone, your husband or wife, having an affair and ain't really having an affair? Because you done build it up in your mind, you done laid it down, you done dreamed about it, and all of a sudden, oh, yes, you is. I saw you. Who is she? And it ain't nobody. Because you done allow those thoughts to bring anxiety, to bring things that are not true. And then you're watching Lifetime, and then you see a man cheating. Oh, I knew it. God done gave me confirmation. That's because whatever you put before your eyes, and you meditate on that, as a man thinketh, so is he. In his heart, so does he become. So you got to get rid of all thoughts that don't line up with the word of God. That's why Paul said, he said, the weapons of your warfare is not carnal, but it's mighty through God for the pulling down of strongholds. Second, what, Corinthians 10, starting at verse 5 through verse 6. You got to pull them down. God said, I'm not going to pull them down for you. He said, when these thoughts, when these imaginations come that try to build up strongholds and fortresses in your mind, he said, you got to cast down these reasonings. You got to cast down these imaginations and every high thing that's building itself over God, over the, over the knowledge of God, over the word of God. He said, you got to bring it into captivity until the obedience of Christ. So what we have to start doing is saying to ourselves, why am I fretting about this? Why am I anxious about this? And I'm going to tell y'all why. This is the conclusion. Because we don't trust God. Anytime you're over anxious, anytime you're over worried, anytime you overly frustrated, it's because you're not trusting God. You're trying to do it yourself. I don't care how many times somebody irritates you. I don't care how many times that you know they're irritating you. Why do you go in on them when you know what they're doing? Because you trust in you and not trusting God. Some people say, well, people should know better. Yeah, but if they're letting the devil use them, don't let the devil use you. You do what the word of God tells you to do. Not do what they're doing. A soft answer, turn away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. The enemy going to use whomever he can. And if it's just a husband and wife in a house, oh man, he's going to use one or the other. So this is why we have to come and seek God while he can be found and say, Lord, help me. Because you only know what's going to happen in this day. God, prepare me for the day that I'm in. God, make me ready so I can carry out the plan and purpose that you have for my life on this day. Help me to see what you see so I can do what you do and say what you say. God will do it if we allow him to do it. So anxiety is playing a part, just like Renee. Renee played that part. 
Do you see what she was going through? And some of us can relate to Renee. When you having pain in your body, you going through because it's constantly nagging you and nagging you and nagging you and coming at you and coming at you and you trying to get help. Help ain't there. You taking what you can take and seem like they ain't even moving it. But finally, when she called on the Lord, and it reminded me, nay, of when they say, let's go see the seer. Let's go see Samuel. And he'll tell us where the donkeys is. And see, when Renee come to that altar tonight, that night, see, God already had it worked out. God already had a plan. And he said, I am the God that hath healeth thee. And she laid down and slept in him because she put more trust in him than she did man. What Renee told you is what God spoke Sunday again. Things that you have is not going to be able to help you. You're not going to be able to depend on those things, but you will be able to depend on God. God is going to get you through it because we have to speak life even in the midst of those situations, y'all. This is no game. This is for real. How I was telling y'all that people are going to have to work with COVID. Some people are working right beside COVID. For real. Because they have to make a living. Some people are coming to work with COVID and ain't saying nothing. Because they have to make a living because they ain't getting the money they need to make it. Y'all better hear what I'm saying. People are working with it. They're sending uh, students to school with it. Because they ain't got no choice. They ain't got nobody to turn to. So God warned you to let you know you better get yourself right. You better know what the word of God is saying because you don't know whom or what you are around. Because everybody have to work. You have to live in this evil world. And you have to be able to do what God has called you to do according to him and not according to man. God puts you in the midst of these things to let you know I am Jehovah Rapha. I am your healer. It ain't going to be like it was for everybody else because you different. So that's why we got to trust him in these trying times, y'all. All in the Bible, God was there to comfort them. When they had no food, he was their comforter. When they had no water, he was their comforter. Their clothes didn't wear out. Their shoes didn't wear out. It was not a feeble one amongst them until they kept on whining and complaining and then they died. So God is telling us, we're in an evil world. And if we want to make it, in this world, it has to be with the word of God because worry, anxiety, frustrations weaken your immune system and it's easy for stuff to jump on you. So what are you going to let go of and grab hold to? We got to grab hold to this word because God want us to live, y'all. He want us to live this abundant life. So we talked about anxiety and we're going to go a little bit further on it, but I'm going to stop there. Remember, whatever you're going through, God already knows. So talk to him about it. Ask him, why are you so frustrated? Why are you treating that person the way you treat that person? Why are you answering that person the way you answer that person? Some people say because they asked a question that don't make sense. Is that for you to get so upset because they asked a question that didn't make sense? What if somebody else asked you a question like Brother Willie that didn't make no sense? Would you answer him? I pick on Willie all the time. That's what keep him going. Y'all didn't know. If I don't pick on Willie, he thinks something wrong. So we have to be there, y'all, one for another. And we have to speak life one to another in these difficult times. Don't let anxiety or frustration or worry and all of these things overtake you. Be overtaken through the word of God. Get rid of all of these strongholds that are in your life. How do you know you have a stronghold? Because if you have that same pattern over and over again, that same pattern is popping up in your life, you got a stronghold. And you need to get into the word of God and put the word in you. And when you put the word in you, it's uprooting whatever's in your life that don't supposed to be in your life. Whatever thought that keeps coming and coming and coming and coming, identify that thought because that's a stronghold. 
You may have a lot of thoughts, but it might be one that gets to you more than others. That's a stronghold. Deal with that stronghold in your life and you will see change not only with you, but you will see change with people around you because they'll say, wow, man, there's a difference about you because you can talk to them freely without saying, oh, Lord, let me see how I can approach Jennifer Simpson. Let me see. Let me see. I'm going to ask her. Better not do it that way. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let me see. Let me see. I want to ask her how her day was, but she might get offended. So, Holy Spirit, I I just won't ask her nothing. This is how it is with some people. You're afraid to talk to them, and then some people you can talk to so freely. Hey, girl, how you doing? How was your day? Girl, you ain't getting nothing. You ain't shooting the guy. Didn't, don't let don't let nothing get on you. <laughs> but you have no problem with talking to those people, right? Because you know how y'all roll, right? But that term, don't let nothing get on you. See what I'm saying? I, somebody had to teach me that because I was like, what that mean? Ain't nothing on me. <laughs> ain't no spoon. Anyway, see, I ain't learned all that stuff. But what I'm saying is when you get to know people and how they are, you wouldn't be so offended by other people. Amen. So we talked about offense as well. Y'all, I pray these teachings are helping all of us. And God is bringing them in here so we won't have any blockers so we can move forward in that resurrection power, in the life that's in us, so it can come out of us freely. Because if, if, if it's not coming out you freely, it's because you got some roadblocks there, offense, anxiety, worry, fear. God can't flow through you the way he need to. Amen? Did anybody want to add to that before we dismiss? Yes, ma'am. You need to come get the mic. And I want to say, when y'all have these mics, please put them in front of your mouth. Because it's people online that say they did not hear some people last week with the skits. And we want to make sure everybody's heard. Dealing, dealing with the restaurant. I'm like you, Sister Denise. I like my food burn up, too. Love it. My steaks and stuff, I love them burn up. But, yes. Uh, oh. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I like my steaks and stuff burn up too, like Sister Denise. (laughs) But anyway, dealing with the restaurants and the drive-ups and stuff. Today I went to Subway, right? And I I ordered me a, um, I go to lunch at, I go to lunch early now. I go at 10 o'clock, so I got some breakfast. So I went in there and I'm rushing. You know, we only get 30 minutes for, um, for, um, for lunch. So I went in there and... I was ordering my, my sub, and I was like, I was looking at what I, no, I was looking at something else, but I didn't say what I wanted on my sub. I told her I wanted honey mustard. I was looking at honey mustard, and I wanted sweet onion. And she put it, I said, put some mayo up there and put some um, honey mustard up there. And I was like, oh, my God, no, I don't want no honey mustard up there. I'm so sorry. I said, I'm so sorry. I said, and she's, and do you know she took the knife and she scraped all of the, all of the stuff off of there? I was like, oh my God, I am so, I, I say, I'm so grateful that you've done that. I said, we learned in, we were learning in Bible study about, we just talked about last week about coming through the drive through and not making it so hard on y'all serving us and all of that and, and blase this and blase. But to make a long story short, she, myself was, should have been about, about $10 cause I got some extra stuff up there, some extra meat and added some bacon and all that kind of stuff. But, but when I got up there to the front, she charged me $5 for myself. And I say, look at God. I say, that's awesome. By me just it, telling her, I say, we learned about not try, trying to make things complicated on y'all because y'all are serving us and da da this and da da that. And I was like, but I gave her the $5 anyway for her tip. So yeah. please do not go through these drive throughs and use this tonight. 
to get you, think you're going to get you a cheaper sandwich. You better be led of the spirit. Some people be like, put me some um, ketchup. Oh, no, I didn't want the ketchup. And that woman going to say, well, that's what you asked for. Move along. <laughs> we give God glory. Amen. Do we have anyone else before we dismiss? Come on, Sister Deborah. Uh-oh. Come on up, Deb. She got it. Um, by me getting frustrated that week, I made myself sick. I had pain throughout my body, and it went from my elbow on down to my leg. And so that whole weekend, all I could do was just pop painkillers and just slept the whole weekend. And then I, it, Holy Spirit brought my, back to my remembrance that me getting that frustrated, getting mad at them to the point that I made myself sick. So I can't keep doing that. We're going to dismiss on that. Amen. Tisha, can you dismiss us? Hallelujah. Yes, come on. It's still on. She said she left the mic on for you.